Hello, hello, hello. This is another episode of the Mental Threats Podcast, episode 133. I'm here with a special guest, Tony Seven. You like to say something? Hey, what's going on with y'all guys? Yeah, Tony Seven is an artist from Charlotte. You were originally like born and raised in Charlotte? Born and raised, Charlotte native. Okay, cool. And uh, how old are you? I am actually 36 years old, sir. Okay, 36. That's cool, man. That's cool. That means you've seen, like, all uh, different sides of, like, Charlotte and everything, like, through, like, the early 2000s and everything, the late 90s type stuff. You know, I was born in the late 90s, so it's just, like, I really get to enjoy, like, Charlotte to, like, its best. Like, back when, back then with the whole, uh, uh, with the Charlotte Hornets, like, freaking, you, you were there during that time with the whole uh, Larry Johnson, Muxy Bowes and everything, Eastland Ma and everything. Like, you, you've probably seen a whole lot of changes, like, for the past, like, couple decades, huh? Yeah, definitely, um. I was here doing all that era. I moved away and I came back. But for the most part, I've been in touch with Charlotte since, you know, the early 90s all the way to now. Oh, okay, that's cool. That's actually really, really cool and everything. And so where did you move off to exactly? Um, I went to college and went to Salem State University. So I moved to Winston-Salem for a while. And I lived in Raleigh for a while. I've always lived in North Carolina, just, um, you know. Different parts. Yeah, different parts. That's cool. That's cool. Actually, my, my auntie and my uncle went to Winston-Salem uh, for school, I think. Uh, have you ever heard anybody by the name of Demario Wanquay? Or anyone by the name of Camille, um, I forgot what her name was, like her last name, her original surname was, she, she's a Wankway too. You ever heard none of those names before? Um, not the top of my head. That doesn't mean I don't know him, but um, yeah, not the top of my head. Okay, what about a Sean Andrews? Sean Andrews sounds very familiar. But um, I think he played football for once in Salem. He's one of my mentors uh, from uh, North Carolina Central University. That's where I went to school. He worked there for a little bit. Okay, I almost went to Central myself, actually. But, uh, yeah, like I said, his name rings a bell. Yeah, I already was very popular back then, I think, and whatnot. But it's like, uh, yeah, man, it's like that's cool and everything, just living in, like, the North Carolina. Like, I'm thinking about probably moving to Durham probably one time, uh, maybe, like, uh, maybe after I get my uh, master's degree and whatnot, because that's where I'm trying to go. I'm trying to go to Howard University and Washington D.C. and stuff, and then maybe stay there for a little bit, and then come back down, uh, maybe uh, buy a house in Durham or something like that. You know, that's kind of where my life is at um, with that. Um, but back to you and everything. Um, in regards to the whole music thing, what led you to be on this path of music? Um, see, I actually started out with more so doing poetry, and you know, I was pretty young when I started with poetry. So um, as I got older, I kind of developed into music around middle school. Um, I was in school, so I did do music while I was in school, but I didn't actively put out any projects until I finished college, actually. I think that seems like a little bit like me, actually. I think I dropped my first mixtape when I was 23 years old. Like, But I was like, okay, I graduated... I graduated 23 years old and I dropped my first mixtape at 23 years old and everything. So I was like right before uh, I left college to drop the mixtape and everything. But it's like, it's still like, it's just, it's still a marathon and everything. Ain't nothing to compare and nothing to that nature and stuff. You know, like I've listened to a couple of your songs and everything uh, so far. It seems like, yeah, they seem like a pretty cool vibe and everything. You know, it's just like, what really like influenced you in terms of like artists uh, in regards to the whole music thing? Um, I mean, growing up, I listened to more so like, um, Twister, mm-hmm. um, you know, train, I listen to like Twister, Juvenile, Three Six Mafia. Definitely was a big Three Six Mafia, Pastor Troy person. Mm-hmm. Um, going into college, I was probably more like Kanye West. Um, I liked a lot of, uh, I liked a lot of Drake. Going, I liked that transition into like more singing type music. Um, you know, just a blending of the genres, and then um, I guess more so now as far as current artists. You probably put like Kendrick up there. I listen to everything though. Really, it's, it's not even really a, a genre thing. I listen to like Paramore and stuff back in college and stuff too, or doing the you know 
whatever's out, man, I'm, I'm pretty open when it comes to music. Mm-hmm. That's cool, man, guys. It's good that you even brought up, like, Drake and everything during that time. You know, the early 2010 times and everything. He was just making a name, bro. Like, he was, he was a beast. I was a kid. Like, I was kind of sleeping on him because I was in middle school and everything. Like, oh, he's probably just for females like Chris Brown and everything. That's not my genre. But then it's like you look back to his mixtape. Like, oh, wow, dude was actually mad hard. Um, definitely you got to check up with the artists and how they, like, first get in and everything. Because, like, that hunger from, like, then to, like, now is, like, you know, black and night. It's, like, day and night, basically. Mm-hmm. And stuff of that nature. So it's, like, you know. Like I especially uh, appreciated his uh, project, um, Room for Improvement, yes. and uh, Comeback Season. Like yeah, those two projects, I have to just listen to it again and again because like it's so it's so it's a whole lot of elements to it. They just gotta digest and everything, and it's just like you know, even from that's what J Cole. You know, J Cole's my favorite artist, so it's like just listening to his mixtapes and everything from the warm up, the come up, and everything. You know, it's just awesome to digest. And even with Kendrick Lamar, a lot of his earlier mixtapes uh, with overly educated and just stuff of that nature. It's just it's always something to like really digest. So it's like you know to know that you're like a Pastor Troy person and a, a three six person and everything. You know like what are some of projects from like that from that circle of group and everything that kind of influenced you? Not like influenced you, but what are some that just like you appreciate a whole lot? You know, I mean as far as that early area, um, like so Twister is like my main one. That's Adrenaline Rush is probably the main one from him, but. Um, just keep in mind, you know, when I was growing up, the internet was just really getting popular and mm-hmm. stuff like the internet was not always around when I, you know, at least not in the capacity that it is today. So LimeWire and Kaza and download torrent sites were just getting big. So I used to download a lot of individual stuff from um, Pastor Troy. Like, uh, I mean, I declare war, help me Rhonda, you know, a lot of stuff from Pastor Troy. Choices, um, I, was probably the biggest project from Three Sis Mafia. I was a big choices person. Um, the second choices, um, a lot of stuff in Three Sis Mafia, most known unknowns. Um, but I liked a lot of pa- uh, Project Pat. So I listened to Getty Green, uh, Mr. Don't Play. I mean, they had a lot of stuff. I, f- I feel like uh, that, I guess I would still call them Southern, but that Memphis and that Southern music kind of influenced the Charlotte area a lot, not just, you know, me as an individual. And then I had a lot of more Midwest influence when I started downloading stuff online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Midwestern being like, you know, Kanye West, because like Chicago and obviously um, Nelly uh, is also. Where, where's Nelly from again? I know he's from the Midwest. But like, what, what part of it? Like, is he from Louisiana? Or? He's from St. Louis, actually. Oh, Missouri. So, yes. Yeah. yeah, Nelly was like real big on, a, on like the, uh, you know, like, as far as like popular music and then he just he he was he's one of the if you ever see him live today he has like a very good concert you don't realize how many hits he actually dropped until you see him perform but mainly chicago because i'm a big um i'm also a big common fan like common common that b album um and um kanye yeah so what was that one like water for chocolate what what was that like water for chocolate was great too i actually went back and listened to like Water for Chocolate but most of those hits that were on the radio and everything like that that was good Kanye's a very I like diverse artists artists that mm-hmm. um, you know don't just stick to one lane you know it's it, the more I've gotten older and changed myself I've grown to appreciate 
you know, different um, artists and projects from different artists. Yeah, yeah. Kanye West is definitely the king of just not staying in one lane. Yeah, you can just move on with, like, one thing in you know, a life of Pablo. All of his projects sound so good. Like, they'll be a little bit similar, especially with the whole graduation trilogy and everything from uh, the dropout, late registration, and graduation. But, it, like, no album, like, sounds exactly the same. Like, it's not like a t- continuation, you know? It's a concept to a certain degree with the graduation of the whole school concept. But it's like, like, all his projects are all just so, like, different and diverse but they're like all like you know like great great projects and what well, donda too you got to pay to listen to donda too right um i don't even know about paid to listen to donda too i might have got access to it through a friend or something like that mm-hmm. i need to check it out for sure i know i listen to donda one mm-hmm. and everything but i don't know replayability with connie was i don't know it's just like i feel like it was like his older stuff was more had more replayability but maybe it's just a nostalgia thing but it's like uh, yeah definitely like i feel like um one of the things i feel like that's missing nowadays is like neo soul vibes and like rap and like stuff like that like we need more lauren hill we need to get back to life jennings some anthony hamilton you know and common of sure for sure like i feel like we need to bring those vibes back because this is i feel like with all the toxicity in music nowadays it would just kind of be cool to balance it out with something i feel like neo soul is that balance um for sure i know you mentioned pastor troy and everything when i think about pastor troy i'm thinking about like his song vice versa and, and stuff of that nature and this is oh god yeah yeah yeah, mess with that um and then it, even like uh i'm actually surprised you haven't even brought up mystical i know mystical had his own thing going on for him too yeah, I mean, I had Mystical's album. I definitely listened to it for a good little bit. Um, I listened to Brad. I listened to Eve. I, I listened to a lot of people. Um, but as far as, like, impressionable and just I still listen to their music today, you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm missing a few artists and stuff, but that, that was, those are the main ones. Mystical was good. Um, no Limit was, you know, very impactful in the city. You know, Master P played for the Hornets. So <laughs> it's like, crazy. yeah, it's crazy, but... You know, it, it, that whole era of music was, it's different from now. Like, just like you said, Lauryn Hill, I was a big Lauryn Hill fan. I, I actually grew up, you know, like I said, I, I write more poetry than anything. So mm-hmm. I just, you know, let it flow into the music. Mm-hmm. But Lauryn Hill, Miss Education Lauryn Hill is one of my top, if not my one of my t- top favorite albums of all time. So definitely worth uh keeping the vinyl for sure for years and generations um but it's like uh yeah man no for real it's like it's just like and i'm, I'm actually happy to actually saw nelly in concert and everything like back when dreamville fest um and everything the first dreamville fest he was in concert that was crazy it's like y'all you were there for the first dreamville fest? were you there for the second one though I did not go to the second one. I didn't even realize the second one was happening, but yeah, I was at the first Dreamville Fest, definitely. I'm going to the third one. I'm going. I went to the first, second, and I'm going to the third one now. Okay. Like I, 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 we already we just put a down payment for um for the whole layaway tickets and everything. Like I had to cash out my brother because my my bank was messing up. I was like, oh hell no, not now, man. I had to get the pre sale and everything. Yeah, we're on a group chat and everything. This shit is nice. Last time we we met up with everybody in the group chat right near the Ferris wheel, and it was like it was like fifty deep. It was so crazy. Oh, yeah. Now, nah, see, I was actually working when I was at the uh, J. Cole Fest the first time. I was, um, I do like um, CBD sales. Mm-hmm. So I was there with a CBD vendor and partner of mine working. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, of course, I got to witness the concert while I was there. But yeah, J. Cole Fest is very impressive, very good for the North Carolina industry. Um, and, you know, any respecting Cole fan would would love that experience. It was definitely people from all over the world there. Um, you'd be surprised how many, how far people came 
to be a part of Cold Fest. So, I mean, Dreamville. Fest. Oh, yeah. yeah no, I'm in a group chat with a lot of them. I'm coming from Chicago, New York. I think somebody's coming from California, too. And everything It's just like, yeah, when your influence is that deep, people are going to make the trips to go. Like, for sure. At least now, like, I'm actually looking. I live in Charlotte. I can just drive two hours and I'm there. When I went to the first uh, J. Cole, uh, the first Dreamville Fest, I was uh, in school in Durham. So it's all I had to do was just take the train up the street a little bit, about 30 minutes, maybe like 10, 30 minutes. And I was in Raleigh right there. So it's, I walked all the way from the train station because I, 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 I didn't bring a tra- car at that moment. I walked all the way from the train station straight to the Dorothy Dix Park and everything. And it's just I just stood in line. I was just ready to go. It was good times. Yeah, great very, time very good times. Very, very great times. Um, so, like, in regards to your businesses, I know you spoke about you sell, like, CBD products. Is that the only business you're in? Um, CBD, I, I pretty much deal in all manners of sales, but mostly, like, a wholesaler in general. So I did a lot of supplying, you know, things to tobacco stores. CBD was the industry that really helped me hop out the port, just the entrepreneur as far as, like, not having support in any other fashion. Um Kratom, but yeah, any kind of supplies to, to tobacco stores is usually what I do. Okay, would you say that you're kind of like a whiz in regards to everything of CBD, or you just know enough just to sell? Um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty knowledgeable about cannabis because I had a different. Um, so that wasn't even my first really entrepreneurial endeavor. I really got into natural products in general. So I started off with selling like shea butter and black soap and stuff like that. And um, it was really due to like my father. He when he was passing away, um, he started. He was actually researching a lot of stuff about cannabis to try to find natural cures for some of the stuff he had going on. Mm-hmm. So I kind of picked up that knowledge, and CBD was emerging at that time frame. So um, you know, I just started to appreciate the cannabis plant a lot more in other capacities outside of weed. You know, everybody, you know wants to promote smoking weed, but there's so many other uses for the plant and so many other, I guess you could say, molecules that they're trying to find or they're discovering. So CBD was the one then, and now it's like HHC and THCO and THCP, the different um, compounds of the cannabis plant that do different things. Yeah, no, seriously, like CBD is it's actually good for like lowering stress and stuff of that nature and also for our arthritis, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Definitely for arthritis is good to have it as like a pain reliever. Um, some people have used it in long term effects to, you know, uh, help treat stuff like a cerebral palsy and stuff like that. There's a lot of unproven things, but things that people use to assist it with, um, you know, even behaviors with autism um a lot of different things cbg is also another one cbn a bunch of different compounds that have been discovered in the i guess you could say the last five Mm -hmm. five or six years as far as actually implementing and legalizing them um and really put the use in society so you know that is so crazy how it's like it's not legal like now. Like it's just like the whole cannabis thing as a whole. Not like we get it. Like you had issues with like immigrants in the beginning, but I was like in eighteen whatever. Like who cares about that? Like you know, America is so intricated like for so long now. It's like I know you got to fill up these prisons and everything, but it's like that's so tired. Instead of like filling up prisons, why not invest in the cannabis and kind of see how much profit you can make off that? Because they could like literally branch into clothing, medication, so many things, so many great uses that probably could even save this world and y'all want to hold it back for what exactly yeah i really think it's just more so of a money thing so for people who have their uh money i guess tied up into other industries that it would might harm like say you know we're in north carolina um we're pretty 
you know, liberal, you know, we're kind of borderline state. We we go liberal, conservative, every, you know, pretty much everywhere. We're a purple state, I would like to say. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, a lot of people's money here, as far as the older money, is tied up in tobacco and the legalizing of cannabis in this state would deeply hurt the pockets of people who are investing in the tobacco industry. So I feel like a lot of the legislation against cannabis has something to do with the money they're making in other departments and the government not really ready to make the transition as far as knowing that how they're going to profit in the long term themselves more so or you know or maybe not even just the government whoever the people who are influential or the government are at this time yeah i know it's just crazy how the tobacco industry thinks that because people be trying to use backwards to even roll up like weed like and stuff like that so it's just i don't see what the issue is on that and, and plus you know when you smoke cigarettes for a long period of time weed kind of helps kind of clear out the lungs after a while so it's just like you know they can work hand in hand with each other over time when you think about it so it's just like you know keep you mind if we live in a world where like weed is also legal and it could be an alternative and everything can kind of help people kind of manage it so like they wanted to go back to smoking cigarettes but just like Highly functional, keep in mind, compared to weed. Because, like, weed, you're just hiding. You just don't want to do anything. You just want to eat, you know, do whatever. And weed's kind of functional in itself, too. But people who don't want to get high but still want to smoke, you know, that's what they might go in between those two. I mean, I even know, like, from black smoke or whatever, like, they're doing these hookah things uh, uh, made out of, like, just fruit. So it's just, like, just when no, you don't get high, you don't get the nicotine and whatnot, that could also be a challenge for them. Because some people want to smoke but don't want to, like, deal with the damages of being high. So it's just, like, it's just more options is better. When you think about it, but I guess nobody wants to compete, you know, in a capitalist society. They want to lobby and stuff. And I think that's just dumb as hell. Because, like, they really could have, like, opened, like, more opportunities to actually, like, help the economy. And you just don't want to because you want to be selfish. Like, it's weird. Yeah, of course. And, you know, the other part of that is the pharmaceutical industry. Because, yeah, 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 that's a lot of, you know, that cuts into a lot of the profit. And they definitely have a, a monopoly on certain aspects of human society in America. So, yeah. But, um, you know, that's the nature of the man, the nature of the human. I feel like it can work hand in hand. Like pharmaceuticals and weed can work hand in hand, to be honest. Because there's like certain chemicals in like uh, medicine that just won't, you can't find in weed. You know, weed doesn't cure everything. It just kind of helps with everything. It could even help like kind of like, you know, just support everything. I mean, they'll probably a lot of it will probably go up because of that but it's just like i don't know like the opioid crisis and everything people dying because of that you know and it's just like i just want to really just speed up to the to the generation where we can at least just stop like get the whole heads out of their asses when it comes to this stuff because y'all don't really give a shit about this stuff for real it's just about the money y'all old asses and everything freaking going to what's his name's private island to do all bunch of freaky shit and it's like you can't just you can't just like give up the money just a little bit you really need all that shit I mean, shit, I don't know. Like, I'm pretty happy with my life as it is. I ain't got everything, but then you know, I just get you a chicken sandwich or something and just like, you know what? Life is all right. You know, like, I like listening to this music. Life is okay. You know, you don't need that much shit to be happy. Like, that's just, it's just annoying. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I agree, man. It's just, money is something that's corrupt and, you know, of course you need it. I'm not going to say, like, you know, you know, I'm not saying. It gives you motivation. Yeah. I'm not saying fuck money, but fuck money sometimes. Like, you know, it's not. Fuck the overindulgence <laughs> of money. Because yeah. it's like, what do y'all need that shit for? <laughs> exactly. Like, and, so, and even in music, like, even what you were speaking about earlier, as far as, like, uh, you know, the pretty much the low frequencies of, of, mm. of music right now. And it's really because it's they have a, a money formula that's coming along with these, you know, these uh, 
I guess you could say artists that kind of tap into the, the black traumas of the worst communities yeah. and they keep feeding it and running the same music over and over again and the thing is there are artists out there that are a little bit more neo soul or at least a little bit more you know r&b or something in that nature but they're not giving them the spotlight because they don't feel like they're going to generate the same amount of money in that case and you know i'm not even going to blame it all on the industry because us as a people you know um the black community is pretty much the ones that are the predominant factors in hip-hop and we place a big uh, thing on money too. Every every song, not I won't say every song, but the, a lot of a good majority of the songs created mm-hmm. are talking about money or people. So you know, sex, drugs, yeah, money, sex, violence. yeah. That's 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 the topics. That's what everybody wants to talk about right now. Yeah, so. I'd be just mad, weird, like people fucking pulling up at their pharmacy job and then bumping Twenty One Savage and shit like that. It's just like, hey, whatever. I fuck with Twenty One Savage and shit, but it's like, you know, the, none of these songs y'all can really relate to for real. Because it's like, well, how many guns do you really got in your house right now? And like, it's like, oh yeah, this is this relates to me. I also have this. I also have a tech. Yeah, I got ops too. I'm trying to waste. Like, you know, it's just like y'all don't really have that many ops because it's like for you to even speak like on shit like that, even on song. I know, like lately they uplifted the law where you can't use music against the artist because it's just art but it's just like the fact that we have to even go to that point like it's just like you never heard like the whispers like freaking get like you know or freaking well freaking well, who else is like the whispers earth went a fire again locked up it's like yeah they made some weird lyrics and everything we got to bring them in and shit because it's just like they're talking about killing people you know what i'm saying like it's just like you're snitching on yourself and even mf doom brought that up with the whole rap snitches uh, song and everything it's just like it's just, it's just weird how it's like we we live in a culture that lives to validate itself based on negativity, you know, and I feel like, you know, I don't mind just a little bit of toxicity here and there, but let there be a balance. Let there be a balance. Like, there needs to be a balance. There ain't no balance. What's up with no balance? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind if it was just like a, a, a straight positive vibes. Like, I was saying, even in recent culture, right, so in recent times, a lot of the news that we hear, right now has been very negative about the black community in what, whatever capacity. So you got like, you know, Kanye losing all this money because of his remarks and then Kyrie because of sharing a post. And then you got, um, which ultimately doesn't matter when you think about it. Cause it's just like, what, what is going up and talking about Jewish people going to do to help the black community? Like, yeah, exactly. It's, it's more so in a sense, you know, I like to think that some of the, the remarks are made for personal reasons as well, uh, of course. But there is an awakening, I guess, that's needed within a society because um, especially, you know, one, especially, you know, black Americans that do not know any of their African descent at all have this identity crisis with who they are. So we latch on to certain, you know, aspects of American culture or whatever is, is been presented to us and um, utilize that to define us. So, I mean, you know, um, I think it's always a thing throughout the the as far as the descendants of slaves in, in American history, where you latch on to something that gives you an identity. So this new thing right now, now I'm pretty sure it's going to be a big wave of people identifying with over oh, the black Jews and, and things in that capacity. So it's good in an awakening sense, but in the sense of how it's been reprimanded and then you know, and how it's looked down upon or even to the level of scrutiny that is is being placed on this um almost exposed and almost kinda of proves Kanye right about some of the stuff that he said mm-hmm. and as well as Kyrie. So yeah. 
I mean, I'm not disagreeing with them, but it's like, dude, it's just like, you know, on one hand, it's like, you know, jumping on screen and be like, oh, yeah, we're the black Hebrews. And it's just like, you know, Jewish people, this is all the evil, blah, blah, blah. But it's like at the same time, like what really breaks down the black community, I feel like it's really just the black community when you really think about it. Because it's like, you know, like we all know what the enemy is. We all know what 400 years of like oppression has done to us. We're aware. So it's like, why aren't we taking the steps to actually like reverse this? Not in a sense reverse, because you can never reverse what happened in the past. But at least take the due diligence to kind of like counter a lot of like the the stuff that's been said against us well, in the in the black community as a whole. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just like you know, absent fathers, um, mass incarceration. You know, why do we always like push uh, behavior that leaves us in being incarcerated if like that's such a negative thing? You know, it's just like you know, like you know, trying to build the black family up. You know, things of that nature. Going to HBCUs. That's also a pretty good factor that helps and everything trying to start our own companies you know start our own banks you know i'm just saying just things of that nature like i'm not saying it's easy i'm just saying why don't we focus our energy on like trying to find solutions instead of trying to focus on pointing the blame on somebody else because pointing the blame is only going to do so much like what is that going to do yeah, I mean, you can't blame anybody else really for your circumstance. You have to have some point of accountability for where you're at in life and society. But it is good to recognize the factors and the things that contribute to you being here. Like, for instance, there is no reason why uh, black people shouldn't be the heads of the entertainment industry or the sports industry in all capacities. Mm-hmm. Why, why aren't we the lawyers that are drawing up the contracts between our, our own companies and then the other thing is, you know, to that to that extent, like how much of it is are we just perpetuating something because that's what's going to get us paid because that it bring, brings us back to money? Or is that really what, you know, a lot of the rappers don't even live the lifestyle that they're putting in their music, you know, so it just says something like who is the one that says, hey, we need this type of music in order for us to sign your check for a record deal. You know, and then the artists, to be honest, is at the 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 highest disadvantage. You, know, you got a lot of artists who are dying before they even reap any of the rewards of their music, or you know, even when they are alive, of uh, whether they're going to be incarcerated. No, we're fine. Um, they they might be incarcerated in some capacity and that affects some of the royalties on their music or just don't even have the knowledge or sense to even drop a, a great contract, you know what I'm saying? In order to make sure they benefit properly from, from the music. So yeah, you have to take accountability on yourself to an extent. And then you have to, you know, be wise enough to know history and know, you know, what you need to do as a culture overall to better the, the st- circumstances of the future. No, seriously, like for real, for real, man. It's just like, you know, it just feels like, you know, in one hand, it just kind of feels like a setup to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like out of nowhere, y'all just talking about Jews now, like, you know, and uh, listening to black people. Weren't you wearing a Make America Great hat like not too long ago and everything? Like, it's just like, it's just stuff of that nature, you know? And I love Kanye West. That's one of my influences, man. Without Kanye West, there's no, there's no um, Big Sean, there's no 
Tyler, the creator, like he's like the reason why a lot of my other favorite artists are even prospering today, because then it would just be just strictly just gangster stuff forever and ever and ever and everything, you know, and it's just like, you know, like literally like people like I'm I want to give his flowers now, especially like when he's alive. You can't deny like Kanye's influence on the culture. But at the same token, it's just like I feel like, you know, even when he was getting all that money, he really could have reinvested into like an HBCU. HBCUs are so underfunded and everything like nowadays like there's so many hbcus that even close and everything and it's just like even beyond that like we live in a time where there's an influx of people actually going to hbcus now because they see how lit it is they see like what's going on the opportunities that go there like north carolina like uh, a&t and everything is being is being like fine because of the influx of people from out of state going to nc&t which is dumb it sounds like some stuff they just came up with it's just like what there's too many people there okay now let's find them like what kind of the part of the rule book that they say oh you can't come here like, do you know how many people go to NCANT? How many people speak well at NCANT? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, all these big figures, they will send money to, like, Europe for, like, a burning church or something. And, you know, freaking Flint, Michigan's water still dirty and everything. HBCUs underfunded. I don't know. It's just, like, it's just, like, you want to point out the Jews, but I don't know. It's just, like, the Jewish people aren't telling you what to spend on. The Jewish people ain't telling you to put money on a G-Wagon and stuff, like, 10 G-Wagons. Like, you got, like, five. Why do you need 10 for and it's just like, it's just stuff like that, you know, like, it's just, I don't know. I was brought up poor. So it's just like, I, I see shit like that. I'm like, you don't need all that shit. Yeah. You, you're correct in the sense of the mindset of the of the black community. So it's just more so, yeah, I guess they're just pointing out the fact that it's being exploited and it's like, hey, wake up, don't fall for the trick tricks. I'm kind of more, I guess you could say, uh, prone to what those remarks and those statements are because I was reading like a Marcus Garvey book called A Message to the People. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he was actually speaking about was the dealings with the Jewish community and the black community. And, and I'm a big, you know, I'm a history, I'm a political science major. So mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of, uh, you know, like black political thought was one of my favorite classes. So I always go back and listen to people or, or read things from, you know, black historic figures of that, that level. But he actually was very, uh, specific he, sp- he spoke about all the communities and he gave even the Jewish community their flowers in the book and everything but he spoke about like as far as the business dealings with the Jewish community being uh, problematic for the back- black community and you know his time period was like early 1900s late 1800s like he's way back then speaking about these things that someone's reiterating today so for me it just kind of struck a moment like dang I'm reading this book from like older culture and he's talking about this you know the same thing but at the same time I don't necessarily believe that uh, Kanye's remarks are uh, specifically for the community you know I think he has uh, an individual motive whether it was you know for him to get out of his Adidas contract what whatever it could be it could be anything you I mean you know who knows what what's on the minds of rich people you know what I'm saying so yeah, it is what it is. It, it literally, it is what it is. Um, but I feel like the future is bright for hip hop, though. I feel like things are gonna change pretty soon and everything. Although, like, there are some agendas that's being pushed. And it's like, okay, it's like that's weird or whatnot. But it's like I feel like the way how it's like people are starting to like look towards like people who are more independent and everything. And uh, I feel like that could also uh, give more space for us to make more decisions for ourselves, as opposed to like, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that, you're under contract, blah blah blah. You know, like another. It's like slavery.
slavery in a sense, but with extra steps. Um, or it's like now it's like I feel like, you know, like you can pretty much do whatever. We li- we literally can put stuff on the Internet, Spotify playlists and everything. There's more ways to get attention to your product than just having to like, you know, hope that somebody picks you. I hope that like a CD, like maybe they pick you through CD. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like there's there's like you can still pray and you know, everything that things get better. But now like, you can put do all sorts of things like bring attention to your product, which what I love about this generation is like even though it's kind of petty with a lot of things, it's like at least there's more room to actually grow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like in regards to like just the rap scene in Charlotte uh, so far and everything, like well, what are your thoughts in regards to how the climate is in Charlotte so far? Where do you think it could be taken uh, by the end of the decade? Uh, by the end of the decade, I mean, like you said, the, the music scene is actually getting better. People, even the listener, the listeners are more conscious and knowledgeable than ever before. So I think you really get into a space where, you know, people are drawn away from that murderous, you know, hip hop and stuff. I mean, of course, it's the popular thing. So it's, that's what's being pushed to a degree. But it's, um, you know, it's getting to the point where people are like, hey, I really want something of a different nature or something more substance. So hopefully in the North Carolina scene, it, uh, you know, I'm, I could speak for Charlotte, but just North Carolina and whole is really an untapped area. You know, we're not like Atlanta or, or LA that have this like one base culture. You know what I'm saying? We have, uh, the baby, we have Luke, you know, we have, yeah, Luke's doing pretty good. Um, I'm a, Actually, from the city, I'm more of a Daenerys Farrar person. Like, yeah, Daenerys Farrar has yeah. definitely slept on. I, I kind of hate myself. I should be listening to his projects a little bit more because like, he's really good. He was on the whole uh, New Charlotte uh, joint. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely New Charlotte. I've been listening to him since Patriarch. So I'm a um, big Daenerys Farrar person. Um, you know, it's, uh, Elevator J. There's a lot of artists I can name here, you know what I'm saying? And um, here we still have the burden of establishing what the Charlotte culture is. So, you know, hopefully by the end of the decade, we can showcase more than um, a lot of the, and not even to take away from the baby, because part of what he's doing is some of the Charlotte culture. He he hit the, the pop scene that really kind of broke the surface. I mean, one of the major artists from Charlotte that's able to even do anything with Cole that's not signed to Cole, you know, in that capacity. But, you know, hopefully we're able to uh, to show an identity and, you know, even my presence at my age um, is more so to kind of paint the the steps and picture of the culture of showing like the growth of Charlotte, maybe some things that people don't even know about Charlotte from from the old times up until now, because, you know, there's a lot of lack of knowledge about the culture. Like I like even the fact that you recognize the East Lamar, you know, gear. People don't know that that's like a staple of Charlotte, you know, that's not... Still trying to get it tatted. Yeah. That's definitely on my book. <laughs> Gotta get it tatted. Yeah, you know... The, it's my side of town now. I'm from the east. Yeah, from the east. Yeah, man. I'm a, I'm a north side person, so, you know... I, I sense that. Yeah, of course, of course. So, a lot of the, uh, you know, on this side, everything's about Hidden Valley. You know, everybody wants to talk about, uh, you know, the mark of the Hidden Valley Kings and, yeah. you know, the people joke about Sugar Creek and Grand Street, but then you have arts areas growing up like Camp North End and stuff that kind of help facilitate the culture. So yeah, I know that area is pretty good yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely a, a, a thriving area right now. Um, but yeah, you know, so by the end of the decade, man, you know, hopefully we have someone to represent outside, like even 
the fact that we had to talk about the size of Charlotte, people mm-hmm. don't realize that there's a different culture for each side of side of town, like west side, east side, south north, side, yeah, south side. side. Yeah, that's a that's a big thing here. Like people first one of the first things they want to know is what side of town you're from. They know you're from Charlotte. Yeah, no, seriously. And say like, some people don't even like the side of they they grew up on and everything. Like it's like I grew up on the east and it's like I, I rap east to a certain degree, but I'm more attuned to like the west. You know, that's where all my friends is from. Most people I get along with are from the west and everything. You know, most of my family folks like it's just like, you know, some of them stay on the west and stuff. Like I my grandfather and his brother kinda stayed on North Side for a little bit, so I'm kinda familiar with North Side to a certain degree. I know my Uncle George lived in Hidden Valley and everything before I even knew what Hidden Valley was. I was like, oh yeah, that's just where he lives at and everything. Thing. And that's oh that's what it was okay so that's what they're on and, and stuff of that nature but it's like a I don't really think it's like we need one person to represent all of Charlotte because I feel like that would just be dumping a whole lot of pressure on one person for no reason I feel like Charlotte has, owes a responsibility to each other to kind of like uplift each other you know what I'm saying like I ain't saying we all gotta like freaking like hug and like kiss up for kumbaya or nothing like that freaking on some hippie type shit but I'm just saying it's just I just realize that just like well people are really trying to make their way in this in this industry to not really get in their way or try to hate on them or whatnot and to try to like do the absolute most for nothing you know I feel like there's a whole lot of jealousy that goes on in the city and I feel like a lot of that is just kind of it's held up a little bit more than it needs to be like I feel like when people hate on somebody you need to really recognize it for what it is and not try to like oh no he's just making fun of him because he's better than him or oh he's doing because like no he's hating on him because he's fearful of what he could be and everything and that bothers him because he's not doing shit like you don't know like how many times even as an artist man just how many times i had to bump into people who who just who act like they knew so much and everything try to critique you based on some like surface level and everything and it's just like who are you and it's just like you don't have shit for yourself you, you live with your moms and shit and you're trying to spread rumors and everything try to start shit with who and everything all that energy they could have put into their art and then it's just like people support that and then when the be a person doesn't really make it to where he's supposed to make it it'd be like oh what happened and it's just like he didn't have the principles within himself or the discipline to make it to that threshold and it's just i feel like a lot of success like for everybody comes down to your principles your values and everything and just being consistent on that end you know it's just like just how you carry yourself in that end is what's going to carry you throughout this industry and everything you know it's just like you can't switch up you can't be a backstabbing type person and think that things going to be all right with you especially you're starting in the city that's still trying to I make an identity for itself. So you can't be on that type of on that type of steps right there because it's like then it's just you're gonna be lost with nothing because you already backstab everybody you kept close to. So that's just how my uh, that's what I think about that. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, man, definitely in the city you need a lot more people showing love to each other. I'm real big on um, you know of course it's gotta be ref- reciprocity between everything, but you know you know everybody wants to be king of something at the same mm-hmm. at the same time. So. You know, stay to your art, like you said, stick to your principles. But between the city, and it needs to be a love for, you know, just the art and the community. And, you know, I understand certain subject matter and stuff might draw attention between people. But at the same time, it's no different from, you know, you got Jay-Z and Nas from New York. You know, you got to be able to, to, you know, coexist. And even from the same size of town, like you got... You know, Nas is huge from Queens, but, you know, so is LL Cool J. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to give everybody roses during their time and respect everybody for their art and craft and, you know, just, you know, represent who you are at the end of the day. You know, be king of yourself, and that'll help you be, you know, what you're supposed to be in this world. 
Yeah, man, kings collaborate. Like, the best of kings collaborate to make their kingdoms, like, thrive and everything. You know, it's just, like, I don't really care for much about calling myself a king or trying to be the best rapper ever or whatever. I just try to do the best that I can do and just put the right uh, content out there. And that's what I'm focused on, you know. Like, that's what my goals are more aligned with, just me just giving back to a medium that basically saved my life and everything. So, like, when I talk to other artists and kind of pick their brain out, like, how they think about things, you know, it's all a growing process, but it also just kind of shows, like, while we're all connected through hip-hop, like, hip-hop is actually something that can really bring people together instead of use it as, as an O to B, try to kill each other. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a good look, especially for Charlotte. I feel like we could really, especially this social media age and everything, I'm so linked, tapped in with a whole lot of different artists, so many different background uh, executives and stuff of that nature and everything, which you pretty much see how that could grow over time you know what i'm saying like you know just working collaborating with each other seeing what that we're taking for that you know just support each other you somebody drop a project repost it you know they drop a song repost it what's what's stopping y'all man it's just it don't cost nothing it don't cost nothing at all you know what i'm saying like would it really be a skin off your bones to just repost and everything? i don't know yeah no it's, it's never that much and then some of the stuff is like you know like i could say it's personally you get frustrated if you are the person that you know, try to facilitate this, but then when it comes, you know, when you drop your pro- project and the same people that you showed a lot of love to don't do the things that you do. So, you know, when it comes to showing love in that capacity, you have to learn how to be selfless and, you know, not expect certain stuff in return. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, also you have to, you know, you got to make sure that you preserve and protect your energy. So you got to put your energy towards the people you know, you want to be alongside people that are going to grow with you, not necessarily people that are going Trying to just to compete against you and do all the kind of petty shit in the yeah, background. Yeah, exactly. no, for real. Yeah. So, you know, but you're absolutely right, man. The city needs more love, you know, definitely, man. All the artists need to really, uh, even if you don't work together, just respect each other. Nah, yeah, seriously, and I on, on the real shit, for real, because I feel like we Charlotte could really be something for real. It's just like you know, I know it's just like you know, sometimes I hate on how people like be on some nut shit in this city from time to time. But it's like I truly believe like we're like the underdogs. We have yet to win a uh, Super Bowl uh, championship. We have yet to win an NBA Finals. But I feel like it's all coming soon one day. So it's just like you know, we should be just working hard, preparing for the time where Charlotte's really, really on. And because like you know, I feel like we could we're kind of popping to a certain degree like we're, we're on a rise now the baby's kind of in some hot water right now people trying to climb to it's like for giving free that tickets or whatever and stuff of that nature and i'm like you know it's kind of it's kind of crappy i'd hate to see it but it's just like you know i'm dumb I'm, I'm hoping that he pulls out of this like well unscathed you know although he does point he is kind of pulling something like a little bit corny and everything you know it's just like you know the whole mega the stallion saying that you like you know like we kind of all knew it to a certain degree you didn't have to say it that was that's kind of how i felt about it well i first I got that dude was like oh really he did oh okay like obviously you know because it's just like that's just life and everything you don't just kind of put stuff out there to get clout off it you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like you know that's just that's just not cool but regardless I really hope that you know he kind of overcomes like whatever issues he's going overcome you know like he's still like he's still like the face of Charlotte to me that's just kind of how I see it so it's like you don't want the face to kind of struggle because the face struggles and we're all struggling you know what I'm saying that's just how I see it you know I don't try to pray and be like oh yeah he's he's struggling oh yeah he's going through a whole lot of things like dude's father and brother pass away you know so it's just like you know there's probably some things going on in his life that's stressing him out also you know, and then being at that level, people want your head. People try to fight with you at a Louis Vuitton store. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's just a lot that you ain't got to deal with, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, 
you don't want I think people get so caught up in their own success that they try to, you know, thrive off of other people's failures. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's not going to help the city be any more successful. So at at the end of the day, you kind of hope everything comes to a resolution with him or just for the city in general and stuff. But, yeah, he definitely uh, has the potential to even even bounce back. Like the problems that he has or the, the spaces that he's been in, a lot of people that are speaking on him are not even in the capacity to even feel or relate to whatever he's going through. So, um, you know, where he's at right now, you know, it is a point. I mean, I feel like a lot of stuff on the city is very negative right now. You got that. You got uh, the young woman, Shanquilla Robinson. Who, yeah, um, I wanted to talk about that for a little bit, too. Yeah, that who, who uh, you know, met an unfortunate demise, whatever that may be. And, um, you know, you got the young man in uh, Virginia. He was from Charlotte who uh, was killed in that shooting in, um, in um, Virginia at the, at the school. So, um, you know, we got a lot of, like, down, low, low frequencies going on right now for the city. But just like you said, there's a lot of greatness just, just pending here. You know, the only even in the state of North Carolina, the only championship is actually, uh, I think it's hockey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so in Raleigh, which is not even in Charlotte, but Charlotte, um, it's just a lot of greatness pending. And when we get the right frequencies together and really move right, it'll happen for the city. Um, I would like to see it be more like, uh, you know, outside of the Dolph situation, like Memphis. Mm-hmm. Like you see it, those artists, they come together and coll- collaborate even when they're on different labels. They don't have the same things going on. They're still able to put something together and they're not as large as like in a New York or in Atlanta or Houston or LA they're still able to really come together and support each other culturally even with their violent music or, or anything they got going on they're, they're all about collaboration and everything I'm glad you even brought up Memphis like yeah dude like seriously I was just thinking about it the other day like cause you know like Young Dolph has passed like a recipe to Young Dolph for a while but it's like that even that whole scene and everything you know Memphis ain't too far from Charlotte just the same way as Atlanta ain't too far from Charlotte either but it's just like for them to really have built a culture where they can all collaborate really says a whole lot about it. like just the pettiness that goes on in our town but it's like you know we could be talking about this forever but like you know back back to you in, in regards to like uh, music and everything what were some like uh, obstacles that you had to face uh, uh, through this journey of like in hip hop and everything personally um, personally I mean I did a transition of just coming out in a different aspect because I waited till you know the end of college whereas most people doing my thing it was like you had to be all in and you know they wanted you to like just abandon school and stuff I was really dedicated to getting my degrees and stuff before I really hopped out there and then I was really intent on not signing to a record label so I've always been on this um, you know self-distribution um, you know putting out putting yourself out there so any struggles that go along with that especially when you don't have the exposure of a, a you know like a mainstream artist that's what you sign for you sign for it because they plug you in and they're gonna put you all over the broad screen no matter you know matter where you at so mm-hmm. you know I think just figuring out you know being an independent artist along the way is a, is a trial every day because every independent artist wants to reach and influence of the mainstream artist without the uh, creative, you know, without losing your creative control. Yeah, no, see, that's the main thing. I don't want to lose this creative control and everything because it's all still a process and everything. They kind of like kind of delve into your soul and everything. So like when I hear about other artists saying, oh, we can't drop this year, they'd be dropping songs prematurely because the label wants them to, you know, like that's a whole lot to deal with. I'm like, that's too much stress for something that you're creating. You know what I'm saying? Like who's doing that? Like why should they do that? 
I mean, if you got like a contract to drop a certain number of albums, sure, that's fine. But it's like telling you when to drop it, when to do this, blah, blah, blah. You know, like if they were collaborating and trying to plan with you, that's cool. But if they're not doing that, you know, then it shouldn't be up to them. You know, that's just kind of how I see it and uh, and stuff of that nature. Um, so it's like in regards to advice, what advice would you give to like younger artists and everything that are trying to make it uh, independent? Um, I mean, right now, I think the social media areas really put us put the younger artists in an advantage over the industry. Um, if you can generate the buzz between your groups of fan bases and your friends and, and just people that know you at an early age, don't fall victim to, you know, predatory or uh, financial schemes when it comes to music and just keep pushing your individuality. The more you you are, the more you attract people to just your energy and your music and you can really be your own platform and, you know, be innovative with um, your music and merchandise or anything that you use to create create and get your money. Just stay creative, man. And just love yourself, man. Don't don't fall victim to anything out here. Yeah, definitely don't want to fall victim to living out here. So it's like, you know, and growing up in Charlotte, uh, what schools did you go to? Um, I actually went to uh, went to elementary school at Piney Grove, Oakline, and Nathaniel Alexander. So that's the east, west, and the north side. Um I went to high school, Vance for my first year. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent like a little bit of that in boot camp, and then I went to Harden, and I graduated from Harden. Oh, okay, Harden, cool. That's that's, that's cool. Can you explain the all the differences between uh, Vance and transitioning to boot camp, um, and going into Harden, and how like that situation was? Um, you know, Vance was very new when I was coming up. I was probably going to be the first class that would have spent all four years at Vance High School. Um, so it was it was actually a very nice school. IBM had funded it and just built it. Um, so it had all the resources. Um, of course, like, you know, the alternative school and then the boot camp stuff with no resources there. Um, but uh, going to Harden, it actually was a lot less resources but the culture to me was a little bit healthier for me maybe because I was away from the side of town I grew up on I didn't know everybody so much um it just enabled me to kind of flourish more academically so uh you know I mean all of both of them were great schools I, I still kept in touch with Vance and used to go to Vance functions while I was at Harden and stuff and vice versa but uh Vance definitely had more money than Harden back then okay and now it's kind of different now yeah, definitely. Um, Harden has reached some some success in other departments, and you know Vance has had his uh, you know ups and downs. But Vance is um still a pretty good program. I mean, well, it's not Vance anymore. It's uh, what did they change it to? They changed it to something. They got rid of Vance, the name Vance because dude was, was racist. Yeah, the dude was racist pretty much. <laughs> so um, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but um, yeah, yeah but it's a it's a good program over there. I mean. Harden is a magnet school, so I think it's something about just being a magnet school and attracting people from all over the city that creates a different culture at that school than other schools. I really appreciate going to both schools, but Harden definitely kind of put me in tune with things that were going on on different sides of Charlotte. Yeah, no, seriously, man. I wish I would have went to, like, one of those major high schools and everything. My mom's put me in a damn charter school. I don't know what the hell she was thinking and everything. I wish I would have probably went to maybe Rocky River, maybe Hawthorne. Because uh, Hawthorne was actually in my school zone. So it's just like, you know, we had different schools. Zone. Y'all probably came up then during the time where you could take the bus anywhere. We had to take a bus like, in your zone and everything. So it was a Garinger or Hawthorne or something else. I don't really know. Or East Mac, I think. I think maybe East Mac. 
uh, and stuff of that nature. But it's just like, um, did you, did you uh, know anybody uh, from Vance to Harding that kind of grew up to be like a like a large artist or just like just anybody like important nature? Or is it just everybody just kind of went their own way? Um, I've actually known a lot of different people, but sometimes I just don't realize how, you know, important people have become. But I know I kind of stick to my, as far as like me personally, my groups of people, like people like you mentioned Alien 704, I think before. Oh. Um, you you know. went to school together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely went to school together. We grew up together. Oh. Um, so, you know, um, but nobody that I would just, just name drop in the conversation and stuff like that. Okay, sure, it's no problem. In regards to your interests outside of like hip hop, exactly, what is what are your interests like outside of hip hop? Are you a big like sports fan? Are you like, like an anime? What's your thing? Um, I mean, I still, you know, of course, it's still music and poetry. Um, I have a a, a thing for politics. Okay. Um, I do plan on getting a law degree. I plan on going to Central actually, going, okay. going for a law degree. So, uh, you know, I'm really into things that are going to further the black community in other ways and change the nature of the state of North Carolina and cultivate the culture here uh, for the black community, for the city, and for the state as a whole. Yeah, getting into politics ain't a bad idea. I'm thinking about maybe doing the same thing if I go to, like, you know, D.C., maybe if I go to a little Democratic uh, events or whatever, something like that, you know, maybe a lock-in with whoever's there, you know. Stuff of that nature, because it's just, I don't know. Do you really need to be a, have a law degree to get into politics? You ain't got to, do you? You don't have to, but it's something I have a personal interest in doing. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, I have a master's actually as well oh, nice. in public administration. So so um, it's just, I think it's a per- more of a personal goal. Yeah, sure. You, you picked the right school, man. Like, our law school is, like, crazy good in North Carolina Central University. They got their own building and everything. Like, it's, it's some really good stuff. Like, if I didn't go into business, I would definitely go into law, like, for sure. Because it's just, like, even, like, yeah, how the lawyers, like, you know, uh, like, literally um, represent, like, their clients and everything. Like, going to intricacies of law and everything of that nature. And just, like, from every word, every aspect of things. You know what I'm saying? Just, like, that all could, I feel like that could also be a very big help to like even the black community as a whole because it's just like you know if we had like more black owned law agencies and everything that we can trust and stuff instead of those that just be like you just pay the money and they still screw you over regardless you know I feel like that could definitely there's so much I feel like that could help like we have more black hospitals I feel like that would definitely help black women in regards to like you know especially with like birthing departments and just everything in general because like they die the most within the hospitals which is crazy um, that it's like that but it's just like I feel like you know it would help uh, for sure. Um, beyond CBD, are there any other industries that you want to invest in? Um, I'm into like the electric cars, I'm into um, the cryptocurrency, I'm into green energy, so solar, um, anything that's really going better the environment in the community, um, long term. Okay, yeah, no, most. Of, uh, what about solar energy? You think about maybe solar energy? Yeah, definitely solar energy. So, solar energy is the future. Yeah, I'm definitely considering, like, because, like, I'm Liberian. I'm really, like, deep with the whole business aspect. Uh, those things like that intrigue me. And I always be trying to come up with new ways that could probably help uh, my uh, back home, like, my country back home and stuff of that nature. And solar energy is one of the main things I want to invest in for sure to kind of help uh, lighten up the whole uh, whole country and everything. Probably upgrade the literacy rate a whole lot. Uh, who the? Who the? Who the? How's that, man? 
Oh, okay. <laughs> that was fine. Well, we, we got like a good like uh, six minutes. It's fine. Like, let's just, we got to just get over like the hour threshold. It's just something I try to give everybody. Okay, okay. So we're pretty much almost there. We're not okay. going to lag this on forever. And on the end, on the, it's fine. I know I could be kind of long. It's like a process. I just try to give everybody the same like respect as best as I can. Oh, yeah, no way. So like, we got a good six minutes. And um, anyway, um, so it's like, what are some things like in the past, like in Charlotte, that it's just like, that you feel like it's kind of lost like nowadays that you feel like you wish was like more like back up, you know? Um, I mean, um, skating culture, you know, like skating was like a real big thing, especially like trade wins and stuff back in the day, even ice skating at Eastland Mall, of course, like the pictures at Eastland Mall. I fell on my ass every time I shut that ice. Yeah, I'm going, I'm planning on going ice skating this evening, actually, I haven't been since, since then. Um, let's see what else. I mean, dancing culture was actually a big thing when I was in school. The freestyle culture, but freestyle battle in as a whole has kind of uh, you know changed over the nature of the thing. And then um, you know even some of the uh, I don't necessarily wish for it to come back, but just the knowledge of it, like you know how the gang culture is now versus how it was back then before like the internet and stuff was a lot different. Yeah. So uh, you know it just didn't have the same. Um, it was more like a family atmosphere than it than it is now, where it's just like people just kind of gravitate to whatever violence and stuff they see online. So, um, but you know, um, just family, community, um, you know, cookouts, sports. I mean, you know, Charlotte was fun back in the day. I, I enjoyed growing up in Charlotte. I had a lot of fun. Oh, that's cool. I mean, Charlotte for me was like kind of different. I don't know. It's just like I feel like I feel like I could have had more fun had I gone to schools that were more local to me. You know, it's like I went to schools like outside of like my area. So it's like I always felt like, you know, I didn't belong, you know, someplace. Like you know, I had to go to freaking Ballantine Plantations for school and middle school. And then went to Matthews for high school. It was like a charter school. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't like the first time I ever felt like at home like, was like when I went to like North Carolina Central University. Because it was just like, you know, everybody was just chilling. Like nobody was beefing over some dumb shit. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like people, those places, like, people were just doing way too much for for nothing and everything but that's crazy that you actually like still have like actual memories and everything from eastland mall like i have a couple memories from like shada when i was young like i was legit and everything but y'all was like in the age where it's like y'all could have just drove there took the bus there and like y'all was like you know much older and everything so it's like you know explain like how that life was and everything for y'all i mean Eastland was fun man by the time i was able to really go to east well i actually went to eastland more when i was um younger because it was like the only mall so like going there used to take field trips to go you know ice skating and stuff you know discovery place is like uh, another field trip they always just take you on back then love discovery place yeah discovery place is great man for the kids but um you know eastern mall was just like a culture thing everybody wanted photos from blue kids if you were gonna get the new shoes you wanted to get them from eastern mall people just used to go there to hang out and it did get crazy towards the end of it you know people trying to get into fights and everything i heard there was a rape that happened there I don't know about a rape. I never heard about a rape, but it was definitely some shootings in Eastland Mall. Yeah. yeah. Like, Why would you want to shoot at a mall? Like, you know, it's it's a Charlotte like, thing. You know, it's happening in North Lake. And, uh, and then, uh, it's, I don't get what's the point of that because there's so many, like, back, uh, like bystanders in the back. I know you probably see your ops out there, but I don't know. Throwing hands would, like, be, like, a lot more glorious and, like, taking their life back then, it was a lot more fighting than it was shooting. Like, shooting is kind of taking over everywhere now, but back then, it was a lot more... Um, I mean, I used to even first war community center was like a big thing. And that was like one of the uh, first war Memorial Stadium, the the uh, high school football games and stuff back then. They were shooting sometimes, but it was like one of those moments where you get all sides of Charlotte would come to it. 
So it was always a big, like, east side, west side rivalry, or, you know, especially like Garanger and West Charlotte and stuff, um, you know, where stuff would happen. And people would just kind of fight it out, you know, and go on and go home and talk about it. But, uh, yeah, but now. You know, now I think the difference is because y'all didn't have internet the way we do. So, like, people can, like, take camera phones and then you see somebody getting, that, getting beat up and everything. It's like, then they, like, kind of hang over their head for some years and everything. Yeah, the, the internet definitely has ruined um, a lot of people's pride in that capacity because it's one thing when you're hearing about it and people can talk about it and people make up whatever story. It's another thing when you got to relive that moment over and over again because someone's posted online and you can't get it off of their page or whatever. So the internet, um, you know, as great as it is, has um, definitely did some damage to the pride of people, you know, to the point where they feel like they need to do something on another level to regain their pride. Yeah, and this goes into the point where you know, people trying to like murder folk and everything, and it's just like you know that stress and everything, that anger and everything that just ferments over time and everything. So, so point people just don't think, and that's just what you get, and everything. But we're getting pretty close to like the hour threshold and everything. Is there anything you want to let the audience know before we uh, uh, pass this on and like end this uh, episode on one Oh man, you know, love yourself, love God, um, love each other. Um, you can check out my music at tony seven hundred four dot com. Um, I mean, I got a lot of projects. I, I go by Tony Seven now. I used to go by Tony G, but um, just listen to some stuff, man. I got so much different types of music genres. I got singing stuff, more poetic stuff, some hard stuff, soft stuff, whatever. It's, it's a little bit of everything. So my most recent project is uh Tim Four Four Four, which is actually more of like a. It's kind of more like dance music and stuff like that. But uh, I think the most popular project of mine is probably going to be Springs. Springs, people like Springs 11 on Sugar Creek. So, you know, check me out. You know, check Toasty out, man. Just show us some love. It would be nice. <laughs> Thanks for the <laughs> shout out right there. Also, um, it is it all on uh, SoundCloud? You got stuff on Spotify or is it just all over the place? Like, what, what platform can we listen to most of your stuff at? Um, my stuff is usually going to be on, like, you know, like Apple Music, Spotify, title, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, you'll find more of my music on all platforms. But if you go to Tony704.com, I don't have all my music up there quite yet, but it will be in all my links to everywhere more music is, is on Tony704.com. Right, cool. I can also send you some information. I know there's a page on it's called Crowd Freak and like Distro Freak, and they've used their uh, distribution service like Distro Kid. They can hook you up with like festival um, opportunities to, to perform and everything. I know you got it. Uh, I know you might have experience with like performing and everything, but yeah, maybe you might want to consider performing at a festival, or whatever. You know, like I can pretty much hook you up with them and stuff of that nature. Okay, that's dope. All right, no problem. I, I appreciate you for hopping on for the Mental Threats Podcast, episode 133. Uh, thank you very much, Tony Seven, and that's it. Uh, we sewn in and now we're sewing out.